Good morning, everybody. You know me, I'm usually roaming around up here and getting all excited about stuff, but today I'm gonna try and cling tight to this podium for a little support, and I'd like your support as well. Please pray for me. I had some surgery, spent a couple, couple nights in the hospital 12 days ago, and I'm well on my way to recovery, thank God. I'm doing fine, but just taking it slow. And so I, if I don't bring the usual energy, you'll have, you'll have to understand. Uh, I won't talk about what they did to me. It's one of those men's, old aging men's things. Has to do with my personal plumbing, if, uh, if I can just say that. I thought I was in real good hands with, with the surgeon, who is a friend of mine, but then I saw he, he brought in a Roto-Rooter guy, you know, to, <laughs> to help him with my procedure. So I want to start off with prayer, actually, um, because I just want God's word to be heard. But, and the second part of the prayer is, I want you to hear it. Jesus was always saying, am I right? If you have ears, listen. And so uh, we need a double miracle that God would give me the grace and strength and humility to say what needs to be said, but that God would give you the receptivity to hear what needs to be heard, right? That's two miracles. So let's just look to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful family. Thank you that I belong here and everybody, there, there's a lot of Holy Spirit compassion and love in this church. I thank you for our church family. Please give me grace. I, I always realize your words are so precious and my words are so human. It's like carrying diamonds in a paper sack. You, the, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You are the treasure, Lord. And I just pray that somehow I I can help you speak to the people that are here. And then, Lord, would you open every ear, open every heart, open every soul to receive what you have for each one of us today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, Pastor Ron asked me to continue this series of redemptive relationships by talking about how to relate creatively and redemptively with children. I think he had three things in mind when he asked me to participate. First of all, he and I share, we co-founded the Ministry of Common Grace, which has been going 14 years now, which was planted out of this church. And we were side by side when we heard the principal of Queen Liliuokalani School lean across her desk and say, we have lonely children at our school. Would anyone in your church family have the time to come and simply be a friend one-on-one -on -one with a lonely child? We, we accepted that as a word from God. And we put it into action in the ministry called Common Grace. You're all familiar with it. I'm not going to say too much about that because we've been learning how to truly bless children and love children. And we're continuing to learn. I really came to share 
that with you today, but common grace has helped me make great strides in my understanding and appreciation of children. That's the first reason. Second would be, you know, Ronnie's always showing those slides of all of his grandkids, and I have grandkids too. I'm a devoted and father and grandfather just like he is. I love kids, and this is all about kindness for kids. The third reason why he wanted me to, to talk about this topic is he perceives me as a big kid. And I'm proud of that. It's my ambition in life to grow up to be a child. We know that Jesus says, unless you turn and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. We are to be childlike. I go overboard, I'm sure. And I think I, I'm as immature and impetuous as, as I ever have been. But along with that, I want the curiosity of a child, the humility and teachability of a child. I, I want to be tr a trusting person like a child. Please join me in this. And let's please try and hear this word today as a whole room full of kids. We are the little girls and the little boys in our Father's house. So let's not only think about how we might be blessing children, but how we as children are continually blessed by the Lord. Um, in your bulletin, if you wouldn't mind taking it out, um, I printed out four versions of the same story Jesus blessing the children. One of the versions is a contemporary translation from the original languages, the Common English Bible. Three of the versions are what we call paraphrases, which tries to put the living word into the kind of language that we use. New Living, the message, and a new translation, or paraphrase, the voice. And I've asked... Um, new friends of mine, four folks right here on the second row, if they wouldn't take turns and read from each of these different versions. And as they read, would you please follow along? If you have a pen or a pencil, you might want to underline or circle certain words. From the Common English Bible, please. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. Thank you. Circle the words on the third line, three words, come to me. Come to me. We need to learn how to welcome children like Jesus does. Next, from the New Living. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter in it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Thank you. How wonderful. 
On the first line is the last word, please circle touch. And look at the end of that version. Took the children in his arms, placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. I want to talk about touching children with Jesus' hands. The third one. The people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The disciples shoot them off, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. Don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are the very center of the life in the kingdom. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands of blessing on them. Yeah, I want to concentrate on that last phrase, blessing on them, blessing on them. Please circle that. What does it really mean? How can we do it? How can we bring a blessing? And then the fourth one, please. When the crowd gathered again, the people brought their children to see Jesus, hoping that he might grant them his blessing through his touch. His disciples turned them all away. But when Jesus saw this, he was incensed. Jesus, uh, let the children come to me and don't ever stand in their way, for this is what the kingdom of God is all about. Truly, anyone who doesn't accept the kingdom of God as a little child does can never enter it. Jesus gathered the children in his arms, and he laid his hands on them to bless them. Thank you very much. You, you all read with understanding and deep meaning. Uh, before I talk about the, th the three points of welcoming, touching, and blessing, encouraging, I'd like to make a general observation of that event in Jesus' ministry. It's in all of the Synoptic Gospels. Everybody tells this story in the New Testament. And we need to take this story right to our hearts. And you know what stands out to me? He dealt with those children. He related to them one at a time, one by one. Now, we don't know how many children were in the crowd. I don't know, 20, 30. But uh, it says he gathered them in his arms. He held them in his arms. You can only hold one child at a time. So what that means to me is that they, they had to line up to get that blessing. He didn't wave his hand over the whole group with some kind of a general benediction like pastors give at the end of the service. Lord bless you and keep you blessing, blessing, blessing. He wanted to get in touch one at a time. Just Jesus and that child. Now this is tremendously meaningful because it means that, that Jesus knows and loves and listens to each of us individually, specifically. We could all be praying at the same time, and he would hear each of us and respond to each of us as if we were the only one speaking. When I pray, I say, dear Jesus, and he says, yes, Jay. Mary Smith might be praying at the, exactly the same instant, dear Jesus, and yes, Mary. That's how personal and individual and particular his love is. In common grace, right in our core, it's all about one by one. Changing a child's life, one child at a time. That'll change the whole world if we change enough individual children. But kids get lost in crowds. When they're in their class, they're one student among many. When they're 
playing on their soccer team. Uh, that little girl is one player among many on the team. Even in a family, children can get lost if they have a whole bunch of kids. I met a boy this week. He has five brothers and two sisters. He told me his name is 1-D. 1-D. I said, so what? In your family, you got so many kids, they had to number them or give them letters or something? He said, no, Uncle Jay, uh, it's 1-D, 1-D. But my name is Juan Diego. And Juan sounds a lot like Juan, and the D is for Diego, so they just call me 1-D. Cool. It's a cool name. I had three boys in high school all at the same time. But I made sure that I had an individual relationship with each of my three high school boys. So on Monday mornings before they went to school, two of them found their way there by bus or by car. But I took Isamu to the 49er drive-in in Aea. We ate pancakes and we talked. It was the best time I had with that particular son all week. Wednesday morning was Henry's turn, Thursday morning I was with John before school. One by one, Jesus blessed those children one by one. It's funny, this is a fantasy I had uh, at Kaiser Hospital. So I go into surgery and I was out, man, three hour surgery. When I woke up, I don't know if I was delirious or if I was actually seeing the Lord standing beside my hospital bed because one of the nurses said that I called out in a loud voice, thanks, Jesus. Thanks, you're, thanks for being right here with me. But then on the other side of the curtain in my room, there's this other dude, and I hear him pipe up, and he goes, hey, wait a minute, Jesus O'Hill with me. <laughs> and in my fantasy, I'm thinking, how many hospital beds are at Kaiser Moanalua? Hundreds. He's at every one of them. That's what omnipresence means when you, when you think of the loving side of God wanting to be with each one of us when we particularly need his presence. He's there. Jesus was at every hospital bed in the whole hospital, blessing everyone. Okay, so what can we learn from this passage how can we learn to really bless a child? First point, we need to learn to welcome a child. Jesus says, come, try come, come. We need to learn how to draw children, to accept, receive, and welcome them. Come is, that's the base word in welcome. And we're finding out that a really good way of making a child feel accepted is to listen to that child, the blessing of listening. Now, listening is hard. We live in a loud, talking world. To learn to listen is something that we can all do. It's an art. It's a skill. So I'm going to give you three, uh, three simple points about listening. You can apply this to the next conversation you're in. Uh, number one, especially with a child, if you want to listen, don't talk. Write it down. Don't talk. Shut up. 
when we're talking, we're not listening. And we want to, we want to create enough safety and excitement in that conversation so that the child talks more than we do. That's a test for whether you're really blessing that child or not. Say their name, number two. Say their name and say it again. To a child, their name is the most beautiful word in our whole language. We just, we just met Dulcinea. Raise your, raise your hand right there, see? Sweetness, right? Man of La Mancha, Dulcinea, one of the greatest names in the world. The, chi the child can hear her name and his name from your lips as a blessing. Let, just let that sink in for a minute. Jesus knows your name. And when you pray from you to him, he's listening to you. And when you be quiet, you can hear him speaking your name and speaking to you. Speak the child's name. I have a puppy at home. Kids, I'm not comparing you to a puppy at all, but not, a, not at all. But we have a seven-month-old puppy named Honey Girl. And by now, she knows her name. In fact, it's the only English word she knows. Everything else is just blah, 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 blah. I say, honey girl. And she goes. And I said, what are you doing? You got that cardboard box. You're chewing it up. You're leaving it all over the kitchen floor. Blah, 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 blah. Honey girl. You're a good girl, honey girl. You're a good, sweet girl. I love you. Blah, 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 blah. A child will hear you when you say their name and feel welcomed. Thirdly, number three is ask open questions, not closed questions. Closed questions are the ones where they can answer with a simple yes or no or a shrug of the shoulders. You know, um, do you like school? That's a closed question. An open question is, tell me ab about your school. Tell me all about your school. I want to hear all about it. And then they start talking and feeling welcomed and accepted. Ask open questions. Respect the child. Don't be, I mean, there's something about our adult approach to kids that is really quite insulting when you think about it. We ask them questions that we would never want them to ask us. You know, the first question out of our mouth usually is, so how old are you? <laughs> well, what if the guy asked me, so how old are you? You know, that doesn't say, I'm not ashamed of, of my age in any way, but we, we're more careful, especially as we're getting to know somebody, right? Where did you get all that curly hair? You know, what if the kid says to you, Hey, what's with your hair? Some of it is darker and some of it is white and stuff like that. What's the matter with your hair? We don't expect that. Um, speak to the children res respectfully. Have you been a good boy? Are you a good man? <laughs> yeah, open questions 
and allowing the child to enjoy telling us stuff. Um, Jesus came into this world. He wasn't welcome by the great majority of people. In fact, that's, that's what it says in the prologue to the gospel. You know, he, he was rejected. He was, turned, he was turned away by most of the people that he came in contact with. But all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. Now, we can take these first two points, that Jesus meets us one by one, and that he's ready to welcome us. We can take that very personally. He called people into relationship with himself. He said, come to me. Come, follow me. And some did, and some didn't. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. To get that rest, you have to come to him. Among the 20 or 30 kids, not all of them came when he called. Come on over. Come, I'd love to. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to bless you. Some of those children hung back. A little girl buried her face in the folds of her mother's robe. A little boy pulled back because he was scared or distracted by an argument that he had had with his sister that morning or for whatever reason. And just like us, we find reasons not to be welcomed by Jesus and not to come into that one-to-one relationship with him. If that's you this morning, he loves you a whole lot. He wants you to be born again into his family and be, and be his kid. He wants to forgive your sins, heal your diseases, fill you with his Holy Spirit, throw his eternal arms around you and love you forever and ever, but you can't hang back. You have to come. All right, quickly, um, the second point, and we saw it in all, all of the passages, is that he touched the children. This can be a sensitive issue in this day and age when we always think about misunderstandings and liability issues and this and that. There are some school teachers who are told that it's against the rules of their school to ever touch the child, either in kindness or, or in anger. You don't touch children. It's too risky. Folks, I'm here to tell you this morning, let's do it Jesus' way. I don't care so much about being politically correct. I want to be biblically correct. I want to bless children the way Jesus blessed children, and he put his hands on them in love. Oh, listen to this. He hugged the children and blessed them. He took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads. He gathered up the children in his arms and put his blessing, hands of blessing upon them. He blessed them with his touch. And that's why Jesus came into this world, was to get in close touch with us. God is not distant. God is not indifferent. God is not impersonal. The word became flesh to dwell among us so that we could rub elbows, elbows with him and hug him and be hugged by by him, when he healed a leper, he put his hand on the ugliest sore on that man's body. When he healed that little girl, the 12-year-old girl who had died, he took it lightly. He said, ah, she's only sleeping, and they laughed at him. They knew she was gone. But he spoke the word, little girl, wake up, talithakum. Little girl, wake up. He didn't just speak the word, though. He took her hand, and he felt her hand go from cold to warm. 
because he had the power to touch and bless and resurrect that child. He had the power of life over death. And he used his touch to bless. He loved to be touched. You know how he was anointed by Mary and Bethany with that expensive perfume? You know how he was touched by that woman of the streets when she was so relieved by being accepted by him and forgiven by him that she was just weeping tears. Her tears were falling on his feet and she was wiping them off his feet with her long hair. He never rebuked her. He accepted her touch. Um, so folks, start off with a high five or a fist bump. Go to messing up their hair, to give them a sideways hug. Get down to greeting them with a brief embrace. Common Grace has at its very core the demand on every mentor that we hug those kids because the schools are giving us the very kids who need the hugs the most. And there is nothing wrong with it. Don't be afraid of what people might say. Be eager to bless that child with your touch. Take a look at these three uh, slides. Have you seen this one, Laura, Mark, of C. McKenzie? reaching down and in the most natural and affectionate and beautiful, innocent way, holding her little girl that she was mentoring. Look at the next one. This is Sophia and Aries, what's the girl's name? Jana. Man, did they bond. They became so close. It started off kind of uncomfortable, but uh, they got so close. They read books together, played games together. Uh, talk story together, but they always began with a loving hug. The next picture is me and my boy Alika. That's Alika boy. Actually, I'm trying to prevent him from climbing up the wrong way into the cafeteria. Like, that's Alika. You know, he's a, he's kolohe. He's a naughty boy. But as I'm pulling him down, I'm giving him a bear hug, and I'm tickling him, and I'm enjoying that. I've had the same boy for three years. He's just like a son to me, and every time he sees me, he comes and he gives me a, a wonderful hug. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to learn how to touch children lovingly, affectionately, and appropriately. And now to my final, now to my final um, point, and that is the words that we speak. The words of blessing. Jesus used words. He didn't just say, bless you, little one, bless you. And bless you, and bless you. No. He used a word that would change the child's life. Oh, your name is, your name is Jean. What a great name. I love that name, and I love you, little Gene. And Gene will take that love all the way through his life until he's an old gray-haired man, loving, loving Jesus who loves him because he heard that word of encouragement. That's what we try in Common Grace is to give a word of encouragement. Kids are mightily discouraged. When we first started Common Grace, we modeled it in part on a wonderful mainland ministry called Kids Hope USA, which is all in a lot of states. They have a great website, check it out. And they tell the story on this website of a woman in Florida 
who went to meet with her little girl for the first time, Rebecca, little Rebecca. And the auntie, the mentor said, so your name is Rebecca. It's a beautiful name. But the little girl was too shy to even raise her eyes. She never said a word. She, the mentor tried again. Honey, Rebecca, it's one of those names that gets a lot of nicknames. I'll bet you have a nickname. Becky, or Becca, or this is Florida, Reba. You know, we, we don't hear that too much. What's your nickname? And the little girl finally looked up and said in a thin voice, why don't you just call me what everybody in my family does? And she said, oh, sure, I'd be happy to. Idiot. Idiot. Oh, no. She had the grace and the love to say, I will never call you by that kind of name. Today, my name for you is the pretty girl in the red dress. And next week, she took the name the fastest runner on the playground. And the next week, the little girl who is learning to read so well. And, then, and the next week, and the week, and the week after that, and all of our Common Grace mentors are supposed to be carrying with them a word which will build like a brick the strong edifice of that child's life. A word of encouragement, that is a word of blessing. Now, I'm going to ask Ashton to come. Ashton is our summer intern, recent graduate of Kaimaki High School. She's only 17, but she finished high school in three years. And she was one of the ones that signed up to learn how to be a mentor and then to go to Palolo Elementary School and mentor a kid. And you should be used to this by now, because this is the third time I asked you up here. And you've done really great each time. Give her a little bit of encouragement. I'm, I'm going to let you hold this microphone. Hold it nice and close to your mouth. And tell us about your girl. Tell us her name and tell us how you tried to encourage her. Uh, her name was Jasmine. And she was really shy at first. And whenever we were reading together, I'd tell her how proud of her I was. And whenever she went to go see me graduate, I told her I couldn't wait to see her graduate high school. Isn't that beautiful? Um, about you, tell them what your plans are. I'm going to go to school to study pediatrics. You want to be a doctor, a children's doctor. How wonderful. Yeah, that, and we are proud of you, Ashton. Really, we are. Thank you. Thanks. Well, if, if I can learn to do it and Ashton can learn to do it, you, you can do it too. The word of encouragement. One word can change a life. Watch this short video. Okay, so when I was growing up in Korea, I, my dad had to move to America all by himself to look for a job. And my mom had to raise um, six kids by herself. And I was, I must have been about five or six years old. And I was one day playing in the temple uh, dirt ground, playing with the dirt and um, one, I think he, it was a garbage truck and a sanitary guy came and he, he looked at me playing you know, in the dirt and he just picked me up like this and then he said, Mom, you're beautiful. And then he put me back down and I remember thinking, 
wow, somebody thinks I'm, I'm beautiful. Yeah, so I just can never forget um, the encouragement that, that he gave me that time. What a story. Her dad's all the way in America. She's with her five brothers and sisters, but she's alone on this particular day. I, the, it was kind of windy, and the palm frond comes in the picture. I don't know if you really caught what, what she said. Did you hear what she said? A stranger. She calls him a sanitation worker, just a, you know, Opala man, a, gar, a garbage man. A, stra a stranger saw her sitting alone. He went over to her, and uh, she was making her mud pies in the dirt. But he lifted her up above his head and he said, my, you are beautiful. And then he put her back down. She remembers it to this day. She's the wife of a pastor in Manoa. He put her back down and walked away and probably she never saw him again. And she sat there thinking, somebody thinks I'm beautiful. And she remembers that word of encouragement until today. So let us take that example of that heroic sanitation worker. I mean, the guy is my hero now. I want to be a garbage man. I want to I, I be brave enough and impulsive in the guidance of the Holy Spirit to know the right time and the right place and the right way to bless a child with a welcome and with a touch, and with a word of encouragement. Now, I'm not saying we should all go out and look for random kids here and there in the shopping center in the park and go over and grab them, you know, and hoist them up in the air. You're going to get arrested if you do that. Don't, don't do that. There, we have to be wise. We have to be wise. But you know what? It goes beyond wisdom to inhibition. We do not need to be inhibited. We need to be free in the Holy Spirit to love children. And so will you please remember these things? Remember how much Jesus loves all of us kids and how in very practical ways we can be blessings to little kids. Please pray with me. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for Sarah Kang and her testimony. You made her beautiful, but she needed to hear somebody say that. Thank you for Ashton. And her testimony, we've seen her become more radiant because of the love that she has shed on that little jasmine. Thank you for everybody here. Help us to just soak up your love so much that we get so full that we can't help spilling over, especially into the lives of children. Jesus, love us and love the kids through us. Amen.